It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not rejecting the midterm polls. Nancy Pelosi telling MSNBC the polls are wrong. And voters don't care about inflation. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. We will tell you why it might be time to take the House Speaker's car keys uh, with the great Bill Hemmer, who joins us in this hour, co-host of America's Newsroom. We're also going to be hanging out with comedian Madison Malloy and the host of Mansion Global, Katrina Campins, who's going to take us inside Biden's decision to release even more of our strategic energy reserves. I got a bad feeling about this. Whatever. I got a good feeling about the show. The champ's in a peppy mood. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this thing, you know the rules. You can sing along at home. I say it every day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. Independent. You can be anything. You can identify as a goldfish. Just do that thing with your lips and swim around back and forth all day. Have you ever had a check? Shut up. The point is, do whatever you want. Just don't be a... That is all we ask. Happy Wednesday. Uh, I come to you in good spirits. The New York Yankees winning last night, moving on to the next round against the Houston Astros. That begins tonight down in Houston. We're fired up for that in the Fela family. Lincoln stayed up all night to talk about the game with me. It was epic. We had an outrageous, just an outrageous, and I have to shout this out. This is a little bit of inside baseball. But this week here in New York, there is a, a radio convention. It's called the National Association of Broadcasters. And uh, we didn't get to go to the convention. We invited uh, guests from the convention to the building here at Fox News and put on a hell of a show. Like the production team here at Fox throws such a first. I mean, like it makes me look so much more credible than I am to be on a stage with all those Fox graphics talking to all those people. It was like, wow, this guy, this Jimmy Fallon guy, he's actually, this guy's actually got his life together. Wrong. Whatever. It was an epic night. And a shout out to Fox on a fine production. And also a good defensive move because by having it here, they could keep tabs on my producers drinking. You know, if we go over to the Javits Center, now we got to fish Mikey out of the fountain. You know, he's running around in one of those weird ballerina alley. He got his weird habits. But the point is, none of them, none of them affected us last night. So for that, we are thankful. Although I will say, the person who probably drank the most was Nancy Pelosi. Let me play this clip because it is just madness. Okay. Here is Pelosi. Being asked about the polls and what everything is showing. And I'm going to tell you this because this is the issue. I was just on TV with Harris Faulkner talking about this issue. The Democrats are pushing things that nobody cares about. Tell them like it is. Nobody cares about abortion on the level they care about inflation. Nobody cares about climate change on the level they care about crime or inflation or soaring gas prices. Okay, those issues, those boutique white privilege issues issues that the Democrats like to run on. It's so like climate change is white privilege. It's all just rich white people yelling and screaming, oh, the world's going to end. They're crazy. They're not crazy. They're just frauds. They get so rich off climate change. We've been down this road before. I was talking about this on Brian Kilmeade's show. Shout out to the great Brian Kilmeade, the flagship of Fox News Radio. Like for real, though, like if radio shows are cruise ships, 
like, you know, or boats anyway. Kilmeade is like an aircraft carrier. And I am very much the inflatable raft that the Somali pirates show up on. I'm, I'm the captain now. Uh, but the point is, we had this discussion earlier. They keep pushing things like climate change and nobody cares. Like, I get it. You make money off climate change. The world's going to freeze. Please give us money. All right. Well, hold on a second. We just re-looked at the data. It's actually, uh, it's, it's getting hotter. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. All right, hold on. We, we just looked at the data again. It turns out the temperature's lowering. It's not freezing. We're not going to melt. Oh, I get it. The weather's changing. It's climate change. Please give us money. Here's a newsflash, dudes. The weather always changes, okay? That's why nobody cares. You want to know why else nobody cares? It's a report I read yesterday on the show. That Joe Biden has flown and spent 175 days in Delaware since getting into office. He's taken more vacation than any president in history, and he takes it aboard Air Force One, which does not exactly have the carbon footprint of like a Hyundai Sonata. Okay, he's flying Air Force One and using it like he's running errands. Okay, the point being is that nobody, the people that are telling you the world's going to end, are changing their habits. They're not cutting their own carbon footprints. They're just telling you to cut yours and then sending you an email that says, please give us money. And now understand, there's a good percentage of liberals who think they're saving the world and they're Marvel Avengers, and they'll respond to every one of those emails. Pay up, suckers. But when it comes to the polls, nobody cares. I promise you, nobody cares. My superpower I am the most regular human being to ever host a radio show. There's never been a man with less formal broadcast training than I have. But that gives me the superpower to relate to you, to understand what regular working class people like me and you respond to and prioritize. I go out on the road every weekend and meet this audience at comedy clubs and theaters and everything in between. And the one thing nobody ever, ever, I mean literally ever brings up, Ever, I mean ever, anywhere, is climate change. That's true. That is true. You know what else they don't bring up? Just so you understand, they don't bring up late-term abortion unless they're calling it barbaric, unless they're calling it infanticide, unless they're saying it's this generation's slavery, and that future generations will look back on the human atrocity that is late-term abortion and go, none of those people should have any standing in society. Get their names off the buildings, which they've already done with Margaret Sanger, the woman who founded, you know, the patron saint of Planned Parenthood, founded it on the premise that abortion was, you know, government-sanctioned eugenics. Okay, we want to thin out the black population. That is how abortion became a thing, just so we're clear. You can tell me it's about empowering women. Well, empowering the unborn women. Okay, tell me about the workforce. Women, you know, your career should come first. So, you know... Don't have the joy of raising a child, the greatest gift God could ever bestow upon you. Punt on that so you can go spend an extra 40 hours a week in a cubicle because your career should define who you are. Yo, here's a newsflash, and I tell you this every day. I have the coolest career in the world. Okay, I'm on radio. I'm on TV. I am on TV with the most brilliant people you've ever seen. And according to my audience members that always come up to me at comedy shows, I'm also surrounded by some halfway decent women. Hubba, hubba. That's, that's the one thing everybody always yells. Yeah, what's it like being around all them new? I'm like, yo, they're standing right next to me, you pervert. Get your life together. But the point is nobody has a cooler job than me, and I promise you. 
This job does not define me. Like Jenny defines me. Lincoln defines me. My life, Bixby, the cat, we have a good time. Like that's my life. That's what I go home and do. This idea that we're supposed to be killing babies so you can spend more time working, it's horrific. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But that's why the polls are showing what they're showing. It's that the Democrats are pushing an agenda no one truly cares about, certainly not on the level of other primal forces that are corroding the quality of life in this country. Think about it, man. Inflation is at a 40-year high. When you go to the grocery store, you're paying more money for goods, okay, at a 40-year level. Okay, highest anyone's ever paid for. you buying milk, you're buying meat, you're buying bread, you're buying eggs. Congratulations. You're paying the highest rates we've seen in 40 years. Oh, you get a mortgage? Well, the year's 1982. Okay, you're now you're almost paying a double digit mortgage now. This is insane. You know what the mortgage rates were in 1982? They didn't even read them out loud. They'd just go. Oh, oh, no, no. That's all they do. I mean, you were buying a cheaper house, but your mortgage was immense because of the, you know, because of the interest rates. And that's where we are now. If you're buying a house, it costs infinitely more because of that payment. Biden sucks. And when that's your reality. You don't care about any of the garbage they're pushing. But here is Pelosi, and I'm playing this clip, and I'm leading the show with this clip because as a regular guy, I talk to you honestly every day. I know everything I tell you, okay? I said yesterday the Democrats made a calculated decision that with this little time left until the midterms, they're running a confidence game. They're just going to tell people it's working. They're just going to say, no, no, it's going great. People love it. Our agenda's great. Don't believe the polls. The economy's soaring. Biden ate an ice cream cone the other day. He said the economy was strong as hell. And then he wandered off. We don't know where he went. Nobody could find him. It was weird. But the point is they are absolutely, positively stepping on the gas on this strategy, the strategy being it's all working. You know, the Republicans are the problem. MAGA's the cause. Okay, the Republicans don't control anything right now, nothing. Democrats control the Senate. They control the House. They control the presidency. This is all them. We didn't have inflation. We did not have inflation when they took over. Gas was $1.35 lower. So that's a Democrat thing. You understand. Okay. The idea that the border has now gotten us to a place where it's killing more adults than anything else in this country, if you're talking about the drugs coming across the border, okay, that's a Democrat thing. They repealed border policies that had reduced illegal border crossings by about 80%. These are all Democrat things. Okay. All of this vaccine insanity, not only is it a Democrat thing, but it's a Democrat thing that they told us wasn't going to happen. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Sure seems that way most days. But this is the reality. The Democrats want you to forget all of the things they've done that harmed this country. And they're just going to go with, ah, oh, it's working. No, it's going great. Well, shiny, happy people by REM. Everything's great. Everybody's bursting into song under this Democratic rule. Listen to Pelosi. I mean, and again, okay, I know her husband doesn't exactly have the best record behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> but if cable news hits, we're a ride home, Nancy Pelosi. This is you. <laughs> Clip one. Despite all the legislative accomplishments, and I, I want to cite them, I want to, you know, say it's been an extraordinary session. You and the president have done so much in terms of domestic concerns, the economy. So why is this message? Why do you think the president has gotten this message through the voters? Well, first of all, uh, let me say uh, that I think that much of what you've said, I don't agree with. That is okay. to say the New York Times poll, I think, is an outlier poll. 
you'd cite one poll, but all the others. It's polls also the real clear politics average no. is showing similar issues. No, but they, but that was one that brought down the average, and it was an outlier. It wasn't even that big a sample. So I, I dismiss that. Yo, I'm telling you this as regular guy. Remember my whole speech? I'm regular guy. When regular guy went to the White House last spring at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, if you remember, regular guy got back on the air and got on the Fox Cross America Facebook page where I message all you guys. And I said, it is stunning to be inside D.C. and see the level of self-satisfaction that has polluted those people. They walk around in Washington, D.C., and they think they're killing it. Like they like no one's talking to them in the dugout because they're throwing a no hitter and they don't want to jinx it. Like they think they're throwing a perfect game in Washington, D.C. Like she thinks like they do believe this. OK, they're sociopaths that this is going well for people. Do you want to know why? Because the issues they care about are being prioritized. Bingo. OK, you care about inflation. You care about crime. You care about the price of gas. In a perfect world, you care about your five-year-old not being told to chop off his nuts. What the hell did you just say? It's just the reality we're living in, okay? They care about those things, okay? We want gender transitions for kindergartners. We want sex education for kindergartners. Yo, for real, anybody who says we should be teaching sex ed to children shouldn't be allowed around children. That's it, period. Gone. It's not about tolerance or inclusion or transphobia. Okay, imagine back in the day, you and your family were getting a babysitter. You're going to go to the movies tonight. Yeah, me and the missus. We're balling, going to Chili's, going to the movies, me and Jenny tonight. She can have, I'm having a burger. She can have anything of equal or lesser value, according to this coupon here. Uh, but the babysitter comes over and he's like, yeah, yeah, you go have fun at Chili's in the movie. And, you know, we're just going to, uh, you know, just going to teach sex ed to the kids while you're gone. <laughs> You'd be like, yo, what? <laughs> I mean, see, you I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. You'd knock the guy out. Or you'd throw the woman out. Well, the Lincoln would probably want her to stay. But the point is, you'd throw her out. Hey, I'm going to teach sex ed to your five-year-old. Are you nuts? But they don't hear themselves. They believe what they're doing is good. They believe what they're doing is popular because this is the party. This is the party that only talks to each other. Okay, the Republicans talk to everybody. We don't hate Democrats. Like, oh, you guys hate Democrats. Oh, blah, 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 blah. We don't hate, we think you're hilarious. We think you're hilarious. We think you're stupid, a lot of these ideas. But we don't hate you. We don't spend all day thinking about you. We don't care. We go live our lives. But here is Pelosi who only talks to other Democrats and thinks yelling and screaming about women's freedoms, none of which are going away, are being threatened. Clip two. And I can tell you uh, that women's concerns about their freedom are very, very much still very significant in terms of how they will vote. In fact, 80 percent of people who care about a woman's right to choose say they will vote, they will determine who they vote for. So, again, uh, Washington has always been, oh, the Republicans are going to win, there's no question, for a year and a half. Now that that has diminished in terms of that certainty and there is a, a real race on, the Republicans are pouring endless money, dark, undisclosed, oh. special interest oh. money into the campaigns. But we're holding our own. You can't handle the truth. The Democrats pumped more, air quotes, dark money into the last campaign than any election in history. Whenever they use the word dark money, it just means money that supports Republicans. 
When the Democrats say dark money, it means some Silicon Valley pervert who's probably going to leave his house in handcuffs a few weeks after the election. I admire your honesty. How many Democratic mega donors are actually like in prison right now? But stick with me here. OK, because when she says our oh, women's rights and the 80 percent of the women. Yeah. And you want to know what all of those women have in common? They live in blue cities. OK, you know what that means? It means abortion's not going away. You see, they lied. They sold a lie about the repeal of Roe versus Wade. They said it was going to ban abortion. No, no, no. Roe versus Wade. And that ruling was not a commentary on whether abortion should be good or bad. It was a ruling on whether or not the decision should be at a federal level. OK, Roe versus Wade denied the American voters a voice in abortion. Okay, this gave it back. That's the fraud of Nancy Pelosi, and that's why this Looney Tunes episode is coming to an end. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Battling Bill Hemmer in a minute, co-host of America's Newsroom. Kind of the pride of the fleet around here in the news division, him and Dana Perino, like the industry standard there. And, of course, the great Harris Faulkner. I was just on with her moments ago. If you missed it, we are posting it on the Fox Across America Facebook page as we speak. But right now we head out to the White House where Corrine Jean-Pierre was back at the podium yesterday. She's worse than Kamala. She really is. Okay, we're talking about the economy. She was asked by, you know, Peter Ducey, you know, if the economy is so strong, why is every economist saying we're barreling towards a recession? Listen to this, clip three. How is it that we can be barreling towards a recession uh, and the economy is, as the president says, strong as hell? So here's the thing about the economy, and I've said this many times. You've heard this from Secretary Yellen. You've heard this from Brian Deese, who runs our Economic Council, is that what we are seeing right now is the job market is strong. The labor force is strong. And that is not what we see usually before uh, before a recession. And so the and a lot of that is because of the work that this president has done. You were lying your ass off. Okay, the work this president has done. Every economist blames the American Rescue Plan for being the root cause of inflation. And when inflation hit a 40-year high, what did they do? They went out and they spent more money. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Weapons-grade stupid. I tell you this every day. I'm your radio buddy. I'm a dad, you know, husband. Neighbor, just a regular guy, man, not a Republican, not a, you know, anything. I'm just a guy. Just talk to me as a human, okay? Our problems are all based on the fact that everyone in D.C. is weapons-grade stupid. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, the Mr. Breeze of talk radio. Joining us now, a man who very well may be the Joe Burrow of cable news. You should see the gold chain he's got on. Yeah, it's, it's real. <laughs> the co-host of America's <laughs> Newsroom, the host of the Hammer Time podcast, Bill Emmer. Back what's in the house. Hey, man. What's happening, brother? I, when they asked Burrow that question, he said, I make too much money to yes. wear fake diamonds. I believe I've told you this before. <laughs> no, please. That was a Cincinnati answer. Okay, in Cincinnati, you go, yeah, the diamonds are real. In New York, you shut your mouth. (laughs) 
like, no, it's fake. Uh-huh. This is worth nothing. What yeah, are you talking about? Right. You don't plan about the plane. By the way, it's none of your business, all right? So keep in, your hands off of in me. In this town? Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Crazy. I was at the game uh, on Sunday in Ooh, New Orleans. Nice comeback in New Orleans. That was a good time, huh? Yeah, it was kind of a lackluster game, to yeah. be honest with you. I don't think the Saints fans were that into it. There didn't mm-hmm. seem to be a whole lot of good momentum. And then, no. bam, lightning strikes. They turned it on. Burrow to chase 60 yards, and the game was over. They look like the Bengals now. They're three and three. Yeah. And they got a fun stretch coming up. You got the Falcons, the I know. Browns, whoa, whoa, the Panthers. Whoa, 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 Don't worry. What whoa, happened? Whoa, what just happened? Whoa, Hammer, whoa, what happened? Whoa. I just. I am. I just feel like Rain Man missed Wapner or something. You, I just hit a weird. Do you want to explain to your audience what just happened there? What did just happen? I only. Mm-hmm. Concern oh, myself with the next game. With the next game. Oh, I really respect that. I don't that. even know who they play after okay. Atlanta. Okay. Bill Hammer is in studio, and he's got an unhealthy relationship with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> You're just joining us. <laughs> I love it, though. You know, One game at a time. You're a real fan. I'm a real fan, and I want them to do well, and <clears throat> I don't think they should look forward either. Mm-mm. No, and that's a good, especially in this league. It's well, a very good approach. You know, but take. I knew I know they played the Browns the following week because mm-hmm. after work that weekend, they asked mm-hmm. me, Hemmer, what, what shift do you want to do? And so I surreptitiously checked out the schedule, and they play on <laughs> they play on Halloween night, which is the Monday night. Oh, that's so a win. I'm good. You're good, baby. Yeah. I'm flying back from Spokane, Washington that Sunday. Oh, so they better have some TVs on those planes. I don't want to miss a football <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It's either an amazing flight because you got direct TV and all the games, or you right. got nothing. So Spokane, if you're yeah. listening, have you seen the new Elvis film? I have watched some of it, okay. and you know I grew up in a big Elvis house. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> me too. Okay, uh, and I'm still a fan. Yeah, no, big time. I've been so, to Graceland. I've done it all. That movie is two hours and forty five minutes long. Good so the movie. next tr- time you are flying across the country, that's a guy. I, I think it's very interesting. I, I think Baz Luhrmann put a son. Well, there's a thing. Yeah. He puts on an, a visual spectacular. Boslarm. It's like almost like Baby Einstein. There's just so much bling and swag and shiny yeah. and cool. But I love the king. I was a little thrown in the beginning because Tom Hanks is just always playing Tom Hanks. Mm. So Tom Hanks is the colonel with the weird accent was a little much mm. for me. But again, I can consume, I mean, scarf down Elvis content like there's no mm. tomorrow. Can I tell you how um, unaware I can be? Mm-hmm. I did not even know that was Tom Hanks. Stop it, Bill Yes. Hammer. That's but I, I don't pay attention to like yeah. the, the roster the of actors. Yeah, you and came stuff. to see the king. I want to see what uh, I would see. What kind of a story is he going to tell? And, mm-hmm. it, and then like sometimes he'll break into cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What I is know. this? But <laughs> I, I tell you, the single best scene mm-hmm. I believe in that whole film. Give it a minute. Was when Elvis was thirteen or fourteen, and he went into the revival tent, mm-hmm. and he got the sh- he has the shot coming yep. down from above, mm-hmm. and it's really well done. The spirit consumes him, gobbles up the king. He used that scene twice in the movie, yeah, he too, does, by the way. Because they come back to it, and yes. he'll, you Very know. good, Jimmy. You're was never good, the same. man. I get, you know what? I'm like, I, I, well, who are you, Lundquist? I mean, you're sitting in front of the goal. I can't get a shot by you. You stop it, Hammer. Bill Hammer the best. I want you to know this, man. Uh, we, not only did I grow up in a big Elvis house, but when I took my, I've been to Graceland a few times, but when I took my mom and my Aunt Fran, they set off the alarm on the Lisa Marie, the plane. Because my mom jumped in his bed. I was like, I was in Elvis's bed. And then I got tased by like a guy with a cattle prod. <laughs> got roughed not, up. Not true. No, no, but they did. An alarm did go off. It did There's all, an alarm on the bed on the did, plane. Your mom she did. She sat ju- on the bed because yeah. she wanted to get a picture on the bed. She was that lady. But again, her, my aunt that grew up watching Elvis, I can't imagine 
If I was a yeah. teenage girl watching Elvis, now I'm at his house. I would have lost my mind. Right. Elvis is the man. So I've just really quick, before we get into some yes. grown-up stuff, yeah. actually I think more people would rather hear about Elvis than the midterms at this point. I have watched um, all of those Elvis documentaries. That's the way it is. Obviously the Aloha from Hawaii special. But I just really quick want to give you this. Uh, if you don't have this at your disposal, Elvis recorded what a lot of people consider to be the greatest live album of all time. But it didn't get the critical acclaim it deserved. It's it actually taped at Madison Square Garden. Whoa. It's called Elvis, An Afternoon in the Garden. Whoa. And he taped it in 1973, and he did a matinee. It's like a 1 o'clock show on a Saturday. Wow. But just burnt it to the ground. Like his vocals, never better. Mm-hmm. Never better. It precedes uh, Aloha from Hawaii. It does. But it's better. Sa- same year. It's it's epic. It is Sorry, so good. On the timeline, did MSG come before the Aloha concert? Yes. Wow. Yeah, Deb. Big year. Beat it by a little bit. And now <laughs> stick with me yeah. because this is when MSG is getting going it. with Let's go down the rabbit Frazier hole. Ollie Frazier fights are happening. I mean, mm-hmm. what a wild time to be at MSG. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, you know, the marquee in that era because it was the mecca of boxing. The Knicks were good in that era. But just Elvis, you, people don't even know it's a thing. He snuck in on a Sunday, just a Sunday. Did one show, wow. burnt it down. You can watch the press conference on YouTube. It's outrageous. Cause really? He, he showed up. He's wearing brown suede, like a movie star jacket, not like an Elvis jumpsuit, like a movie star jacket with a big collared shirt. He had a long neck, so we like to distract from the neck length thing. Uh, <laughs> oh but he, gosh, was, you know. he was wearing like a belt. A, like a, a belt belt. Like he uh-huh. looks like he stole it from Tyrus. Like he's wearing a big belt. Wow. And it's so – it's as badass as he's ever looked. And it's the beginning of the taking care of business classes, the very beginning. They're starting to work their way into the rotation now. Because you understand in that era, he's into jumpsuits. They've got rhinestones. Yeah. Yeah. But he's only like a year removed from like plain jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's trying to get his black belt in karate. Mm-hmm. And then he took it a step further. So, no, there's some good Elvis out right, there. So I've, got, I've got a great Halloween costume for you. Oh, give it to me. And I own it. Oh, it's Elvis Presley in the outfit he wore in 1973 Stop. in Hawaii. Stop it. Oh, yeah. That's a whole Oh, run. white head to toe, big V-neck, <laughs> open collar. You know what's amazing? I got, I got the rings. This is a funny I thing. I got the wig. Oh, have I, I and when this. you walk down a street in Greenwich Village, everybody goes, Elvis. And people are, <laughs> people are happy. It's the king. But you know what? Here's the thing, Hammer. I want, you, I want to give you some poetic yeah. license here. Okay. You might be the one guy who would impersonate Elvis that could impersonate young, skinny Elvis. You see, what most people do is they impersonate the Elvis you described because yeah, uh, you don't have to be in shape for it. So every Elvis impersonator, you impersonate fat Elvis. It's so an easy what gig. you could do is you could do Elvis in the round 1968. Oh, the, the comeback co- special. Comeback, yeah. You know, in my office, you've never seen it. I have a monster picture of him in the leather. Is Monster. that right? Yeah. I like stars. I like hell, star power. Hell of a show. Oh, it's huh? the best one. What, there are 50 people around that and stage? And they just murder it. Yeah. So they do two versions of the song, Baby, What Do You Want Me To Do? Uh-huh. And the second one, which is on the album, it's on the CD, but it's not on a live broadcast, is a jam. And it's really intense. And he sounds so mean with real music, you know, superiority behind him. Because they weren't in, like, the movie medley phase then. You know, they were yeah. singing what Eddie Murphy made fun of him for. You know, yeah. every movie with Elvis, you just tell him what to do and he sings. Yeah. We got to win this race, Elvis. We got to <laughs> win this race. That whole thing. <laughs> this is just good Elvis. That's and it's so good. Hammer, I'm, I'm going to get you these albums. That's okay? so good. Can I give you one more story? Yeah, give it to me. So there is an interview that Bob Dylan did at the Chelsea Hotel in 1969 with Jan Wenner. And Jan's got a website. You can go find uh, He trained transcribed every interview he did with every rock and roll music legend. One of them was Bob Dylan. He chased him for three years, finally got the interview. It lasts an hour. The transcript runs forever. It will complete your flight from New York to Spokane. Whoa! Trust me. That's the one. At the very end of the interview, he asked him about Elvis. Really? And um, I'm trying to 
I'm paraphrasing now. Has he ever recorded any of your music? Mm-hmm. And Dylan says, one song. And he said, what song is that? And he said, tomorrow is a long time. And he did it in one take. Wow. And I encourage you I on Spotify. Mm, I'm going to go find it's it. It's an amazing version. No, I'm going to find it. Bill, Bill Hammer comes to your show, you get homework. But it's good homework. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Even if it's a Friday, you're happy to have yeah. homework on the weekend. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Elvis polling incredibly well. Uh, <laughs> Democrats not polling well. So Nancy Pelosi, you guys had, I know you got into this on Newsroom at some point. She rejects the polls. Is that where we're at now? Uh, pretty much. Um, We've been talking about this thing, how they're running a confidence scheme. There's three weeks out and they're just yeah. like, no, no, it's working. Yeah, I don't look, know that it's working. I, I don't look. I just here's what I'll say, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I just think elections have a way of crystallizing the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get this big buildup. The pregame's massive. We've been doing it for months. We're going to mm-hmm. do it for sure for 20 more days. Mm-hmm. And then people vote. And you see the results. And the next day, usually the next day, you say to yourself, oh, well, that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I think, based on all accounts, mm-hmm. that we're going to wake up on November 9th and say, oh, well, that makes sense. Yep. Because I would challenge you. Mm-hmm. I said to Dana this morning, commercial break. Mm. I said, can you name three things that are better now than there were two years ago? Mm. I said, I'll spot you one, COVID. Okay. Because we're doing better. Yeah, we are. Fair. Give me two more. And nobody's got it. I mean, even on COVID, what's funny is they're they're undermining that progress by keeping states of emergency in play. But you're right that you can't name two more. It's it's hard. What can you really name? I don't know. And we're being objective, you know. Nothing. Trying. I mean, again, unless you're profiting off of the trafficking of things at the border, you're the only one who's benefiting. Yeah, as a member of a cartel. You run on a cartel, you're like, four more years. (laughs) They're rejecting the polls, too. There you go. Say it ain't so, So, so if you're asking me about what's going to happen, I'm not going to answer it because I don't know. That's why you vote. But my sense is that all signs point in the same direction. Yep. It does look that way. We're talking to Bill Hammer in studio. Uh, self-styled Elvis impersonator. I don't call you impersonator. I mean, it's, mm. you know, it's beyond. Some guys in you know, in white No, men, actually you just blew me away. No. With your Elvis knowledge. Well, I know the king, man. I could talk to you about uh, but the that king. was but your specifics were excellent. Well, I'm, I'm, and I I thought I was okay. No, no, you're good. But you're you know, great. you're you're 9 out of 10. <laughs> I'm you, I'm really, treading around a 6 and a half. <laughs> well, really quick, uh Elvis's favorite singer, Sam Cooke. The late great oh, Sam yeah. Cooke. He loved I can, Sam Cooke. I can believe love the, that. Love the Stamp Shot and killed at age 33, yeah, he did. He I was young. He was How young. about the circumstances about that? The man. Went to trial. Uh-huh. The woman was acquitted. Yeah. She had the gun behind the counter and shot him. Uh-huh. And God, a I mean, naked man running through the hotel <laughs> it's, lobby. It's a lot, man. Wow, what talent. You want another good live album? Please. All right, Sam Cooke live at the Copacabana. As good of a live album as there is. Is that Miami or is that Cuba? No, he was at at the Copacabana in New York. That's his album here. Roger. But now he has another album that's in Florida that you might be thinking of when you say Miami. Um, Sam Cooke at the Harlem Square Club. Sounds like it would be in Harlem, New York, but it's actually in Florida. And that's like a burn it down to the ground. It's the best thing you've ever heard. It's better than the Elvis album. In in fairness, it's that good. And I love love the king. No, no, I'll I'll send you home with some. If you're going to give me homework, I'll give you homework. (laughs) You're on the inside here. I dig it. Sam Cooke. Uh, Copa Cabana. It's live at the Copa. It's live called. at the Copa. Or Sam Cooke live at the Harlem Square Club. This that is 1960. Uh, yeah, let me let me get this right. Uh, the Harlem Square Club, I believe, is 60, uh-huh. 62. It's like yeah. right in there. I'll look it up. But uh, it's it's outrageously good. And the, yeah. what's amazing is the production value and their ability to capture clean sound. Uh-huh. 
at that time is yeah, it's pretty epic. good. It's, it's yeah. good. We'll get into it. Let me throw this one more at you then. Yeah. Okay, because we were talking about this. The Washington Post ran an op-ed today that I wanted to run by you. Okay. Basically what they said, and this is the, the, you know, the gist of it, is that the Democrats failed to make 2022 about threats to democracy, meaning they thought they were going to be able to run on January 26th. And they didn't quite thread that January needle. January 6th. Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, and they, and they, quite, they didn't quite thread that needle. That's interesting. Um, but I see what I read about that, okay, is, you know, they're basically trying to make the case that people don't care enough about January 6th as they do about things like inflation, which I would argue is true. But I don't think the Democrats have had a central message. I think it's gone – it's pivoted. I think yeah. it went from abortion. A bit of a ping pong. Yeah, then it went to MAGA – it was MAGA fascism yeah, I mean, for like three weeks. Do you yeah. remember that? I mean, what? Well, listen, um, I mean th- – you remember when Bill Clinton was president? Everybody said that he was just dealing with the focus groups. Told him, I mean, yeah. that was that was pretty common. And mm-hmm. for a, an extensive liberal media, I would suggest yeah. that mm-hmm. he's he's just got his finger up in the air and trying to figure out which way the wind blows. Yep. I, I think this administration is a little bit by, like yeah. that. I don't know what their inter- internal polling tells them about mm-hmm. what's hot: gas prices or the strategic petroleum reserve mm-hmm. or um, abortion. But I will tell you, Jimmy, I'm a child of cable news, Mm -hmm. and I sit in my office on the 21st floor of this building, and I've got all the channels on, the little Mm -hmm. quad box there, like you do right here, and I am still amazed by how many segments every hour CNN and MSNBC do on Donald Trump. Yes, it's stunning. It really blows me away. It's stunning. Because, I, you know, look, if he declares his candidacy, it's relevant. Yeah, it makes but, sense. But, you know, he's not in the game. And mm. so long as he's not in the game, why don't you cover the stories that we're kind of on today? It's, and they don't have the guts to do the border. No, they'll never touch it. Um, I mean, it's few and far between when you see a story on, on immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're flying people to Martha's Vineyard. I just I no. think it's certain tone deafness. And if you're asking me the question— mm-hmm. About what the Biden team is thinking, I, I would say that they are more aligned with them yeah. and their thought than reality. They are. It's funny. It's funny that you say that, but it's almost like we have CNN's the president in a weird way in terms of their messaging. They're, it's, they're doing a bad job. So here's the question then. Mm-hmm. If, if it is a shellacking as it was in 2010, Barack Obama's mm-hmm. words, 50, 63 house seats gone, mm-hmm. um, does he pivot and does he change policy? And there are people who say, absolutely, you have to. And other people are saying, nope. This is the problem. The far left wing of the party wants no part of changing anything. But he, I think, is going to shoulder the burden for this. Even though nobody's campaigning with him, if they lose in a landslide, they're going to put it on him and push him out the door. That's what I think. I don't I, I know. Well, they've people, tried. They, know, they've I gotten know. him close to the ledge and he's been defiant. And you know what my theory is? My thinking is that he's waiting to see what Trump does. Yeah, and I mean, if Trump gets in, Biden's not going to get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to go in there with a crane. Oh, man. A Trump twenty uh, Biden twenty twenty four rematch. In the words of Elvis, I think we need to reconsider, baby. I don't know. I don't know that we needed a sequel, but we might get one. Hammer last question, and this yes, is the sir. only question anybody cares about: the Bengals. We take it one game at a time. Uh huh. They're laying six yeah. over the Falcons. Got it. Laying six at home. Uh, Marcus Mariota is the quarterback for Atlanta. I think he had a pretty good game yes, last he did. weekend. Yes, did he they did. beat the Packers? No, the Jets beat the Packers. The Forty ers uh, yeah. Thank. Yep. They beat the Forty ers yep. Good team, right? Real, Grappolo was the quarterback. Team, man. So I guess my question for you is, is Atlanta good or do we know yet? Because my theory on the whole NFL season is you got to wait three games to know. Well, now we're five, six games in. Mm -hmm. Is Atlanta good? They're overachieving. I think by everyone's account, they are overachieving. Have they played anyone? People thought leave. Well, the 49ers are legit. I mean, I think people thought Matt Ryan leaving was the beginning of some type of a rebuild, but they've been more competitive than anybody anticipated. Uh, I Listen, you know what I would do here? I would watch it as a fan. 
I, I'd hate to see Are Elvis. You sit it out. Yeah, you see, just I don't watch gamble. It. So you're asking no, the I'm wrong. I'm talking to my cat. fans. I'm talking to my fans. I, I, I don't, oh, gotcha. I don't want my fans to have to sell their blue suede shoes. Yeah. Because they follow the Bengals off the ledge in Atlanta. So much of this league is built around the last possession of the game. Yep. I think six points is a lot. Yep. So that's that's. But home. I'm just, I'm not looking for the points, man. I'm looking. <laughs> I am looking for the W. Thank you. Thank you. Just wants to. Just wants to win the damn game. Just, just win, win the damn win game. The damn game. The great Bill Hammer. Win and move. Thank you, Jimmy. Hearing his rhinestones back after this. <laughs> Common sense from a not so sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America, king of rock and roll, loud and proud on this show. Bill Hemmer just left us moments ago, kind of geeked out on Elvis for a little while. And then we talked about the midterms. Nancy Pelosi saying, no, no, Democrats got this. We're going to win. Listen, whatever Elvis was supposedly ingesting in the last days of his life, I'm not talking about the three pounds of bacon he was eating a day. is a P-I-G pig. Hey, that could have been aimed for Elvis. That could have been aimed for me the way I eat. But uh, whatever the pills were, whatever the hallucinatory substances the king was on, uh, Pelosi might have raided the old pill cabinet upstairs at Graceland where they don't let you upstairs there. I mean, it's probably because he's still alive and he just lives up there. Uh, But one way or the other, uh, we're going to get back into this midterm nonsense and Biden's decision to release more strategic energy reserves. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Desperate and stupid. When we come back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up to bring you another big hour of top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Just a mess over on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue today as they're giving away our strategic energy reserves. Like, it's campaign cash. Like, here's a couple of bucks. Vote for me. We're altering the price of gas. But here's a news flash. The strategic petroleum reserves not meant to help with elections. No, they are meant, you know, for wars, acts of God, Mother Nature, birthing person nature. As she's been rebranded by the Democratic Party. <laughs> That's funny. Is it honestly? Is it is it parent nature? Like where? What? What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But our strategic uh, petroleum reserves are now at their lowest point since 1984, right around the time that Smokey and the Bandit clip was recorded. <laughs> they, uh, woo! 1984, man. Uh, and again, we have strategic energy reserves in case we have something debilitating happen to our supply and our ability to produce energy in this country. They were never meant for hemorrhaging poll numbers. But here we are in this moment with Corrine Jean-Pierre flat out telling us at the podium yesterday, uh, you listen, you got to understand, this is uh, just an effort being made to counteract Putin's price hike. Come on, don't bullshit me. Let me just, all right, like it's a region's gazam. I'm going to go back and reteach a lesson because this is cumulative here today because we've had this oil conversation forever. The price of gas was going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. 
Now, you can acknowledge that the price went up even faster when Putin did, did okay, invade Ukraine. Fair point. Give the, give the White House that. But you have to acknowledge it went up for 14 straight months before that. And you know what else you have to acknowledge? We were energy independent before he took office. And if we were still energy dependent and we hadn't declared war on our fossil fuel industry, here's a newsflash. What Putin's doing in Ukraine would have no effect on your country. Oh, wow. We were a net exporter of energy in this country. We were sending out more than we were taking in. Okay, we have a 200-year supply of oil under our feet right now. But they're so beholden to this green energy chicanery. It's ridiculous. It's weapons-grade stupid. Okay, we're going to save the world. I'm a superhero. So let's cut production here where we burn it cleaner. And then what we'll do is we'll import it from all of the authoritarian strongman governments like Venezuela and the Saudis. Yeah, they burn it filthier, but at least it won't be our pollution. It'll be their pollution. So we're saving the world, but are we really saving the world? You know, it's like, yeah, I cut down on crime myself. I haven't killed anybody. I just paid five other people to do the killing. So don't look at me. Don't think I have nothing to do with the murder rate. That's what we're doing is the mafia. Like we don't want to get our hands dirty with producing energy. So we're just outsourcing the pollution to other countries. But again and again and again, just so you understand, they burn it filthier than we do. Our energy is produced here 42% cleaner than anywhere else in the world that's sending us oil. Anywhere else. Do you understand? We're not only causing more pollution to the world by having these guys ramp up production instead of us, but we're then, are you listening, using fuel to get that fuel here. This is ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. You're not saving the environment. We are actually just so we're on the same page, okay? You can believe in climate change. Fine. Great. Wonderful. Do it. Send them money. Believe me, they're going to ask you for it. Please give us money. Every email. You know what I mean? Honestly, how many times a day they fundraise off climate change? And they're all flying around in jets. You know, Joe Biden, we talked about this in the last hour. He's been back to Delaware 174 days this year. Okay. Gases up the old jumbo jet, flies over to Delaware. And then when he lands, he reads something off the teleprompter about you having to reduce your emissions and your carbon footprint and switch to green energy. You can't have a gas-powered car anymore because we got to save the environment, man. Please give us money. And then he goes in and takes a nap. It's bananas, man. It's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. And I say this all the time. We do not suffer a single solitary crisis of capability in America. That's the good news, man. Okay, we don't have a crime problem. We don't have a border problem. We don't have an energy problem. We don't have an inflation problem. We have, are you ready for it? We have a stupid problem. Bingo. That's what it is. These are stupid people that are in power that aren't listening to themselves. Again, if you are an environmentalist, you're listening to me right now, hey, hey, I'm not your enemy. There's a radio guy talking to you. You're allowed to disagree with me. It doesn't make me evil. It doesn't make you the worst person in the world either. We just disagree, okay? Remember the old Dave Mason song, there ain't no good guys, there ain't no bad guys, there's just you and me and we just disagree? It's all this says, man. It's all it's ever supposed to be. You're not supposed to get so angry. Mom! <laughs> I'm unfriending him. He's, get him out of here. He's canceled. I don't like him. Get him. Mom! That's everybody's like a fat, spoiled child now when it comes to politics. Shut up. Okay, but understand, if you are an environmentalist, okay, you have to concede. This is just true. If we're going to bring in oil from other parts of the world, it's going to take oil to get it here. So there's no version of the story where we aren't causing more pollution in the name of causing less pollution. You know what I mean? It's like we've got an arson problem in this town. 
So what I'm going to do is give everybody a book of matches and a tub of gasoline. Got to get this arson problem under control. You're like, wait a minute, that could cause more fires. In this case, that could cause more fires. Doesn't necessarily mean the people are going to light them. But when it comes to shipping the oil here from the other sides of the world, we are absolutely going to cause those fires. We are absolutely going to have to consume that oil. So this is counterproductive to the whole mission. But again, to them, the mission is not your gas prices. The mission is government power and control. They want to win an election. So here's KJP talking not about the logistics I just described of, hey, we're having filthier countries produce the oil. Hey, we're using more oil just to get the oil here. Okay, what she wants you to believe is, you know, Putin's price hike. We just got to do a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Okay, is essentially the argument that they gave us. It is clip five. In response to those who would say, who are criticizing the White House, saying that this seems like a ploy ahead of the midterms. Look, the president, I would say this to to folks. Um, Should the president not do everything that he can to lower prices? Uh, Should he not continue to keep his promise to give American people a little bit of breathing room? You know, that's the promise that he's made. Should he not do that? And so that's what you're seeing right now. Uh, This is something that he has done throughout the summer. Uh, This is something that he has done uh, to address Putin's price hike. Uh, And this is something that he has done to meet the global challenges uh, that are in front of us. Straight clown. (laughs) A straight clown. I mean, that's absurd. Oh, Putin's price hike. Like, it's crazy that they keep pivoting to things like that. Shouldn't the president be trying to lower the price of gas? Yeah. And you know how you do that? Are you ready for it? You increase production. He knows what he's talking about. Increase production. It's all you got to do. You increase it here. Helps American jobs. Helps our economy. Okay? Helps the guys out on the rigs making money. Okay? Want to ramp up some fracking? Ramp up some fracking. Don't tell John Fetterman. Hates fracking. But now he says he's for fracking. It's it's crazy. Democrats are so full of crap. We're th- listen. We're twenty days out from an election. They are for whatever you want. It's a great Woody Allen movie, uh, Broadway Danny Rose, where he's like a low level showbiz agent, and they're kind of outlining the condition his career is in at the beginning. And he's like, he's on the phone negotiating a gig. He's like, I'll even give it to you at the old price, which is anything you want to pay me whatsoever. It's just anything. That of the Democrats. You could literally say, hey, I'm trying to decide if she vote for you or the Republicans. Um, I support transsexual Satan worship in kindergarten. And the Democrats are like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, no, of course we should. I mean, anybody who doesn't support that is transsexual Satan worship or phobic. I mean, we can't have those people. It's going to lead to a spike in hate crimes. We've got to teach the children to be transsexual Satan worshipers. Come on, man. Like, they'll support anything. They have no, nothing is beneath them. Nothing. Nothing is beneath them, okay? And when it comes to this sort of thing, that green energy agenda, the fact that the government really has declared war on the fossil fuel industry, it's put you at a great disadvantage. But if it manages, okay, to get them by just to the midterms, like Biden said to OPEC, hey, could you just wait till the midterms? Just give a, how could you help a brother out? Give it till after the midterms, baby. Come on. And that's what he said. I mean, and that is uh, election tampering. Hey, man, can you not cut production till after the midterms? Screw these people the day the midterms are over. I don't care. I'm not running again. Screw them. I don't care. I'm Joe Biden. I don't care. They're not going to let me drive. I can't complete a sentence. You think anybody's handing me a set of car keys? Stop it. But understand, he went to OPEC for help with the midterms. OPEC was like, hell no. Ain't nobody got time for that. And they said, no, talk to the hand. 
Talk to the fist bump, Joe Biden. Remember he fist bumped the Saudi prince, MBS? So Biden was like, okay, fine. I'll do it myself. Just going to release these strategic energy reserves. You know the ones meant for a war or a hurricane? No, no. Well, we have a war on my poll numbers right now. <laughs> hurricane threatening to blow us right out of Congress. Uh, we got to release some barrels of oil. And that's what they're doing. And this is absolutely, you know, its own form of like electioneering. Okay, they're just trying to buy votes. That's all they're trying to do, man. Artificially lower the price of gas till you sign on the line that is dotted, as they say in Glengarry Glen Ross. And then the minute you sign on the line that is dotted, just like Glengarry Glen Ross, you bought that real rancho worthless land off a snake oil salesman. And that's exactly what this is. And it's psychotic. Because we're watching it play out in real time. The media doesn't actually give them a hard time like the you know, Fox reporters do. So everybody hates Fox reporters. It's like we're, we're actually answering real questions. Like Peter Ducey when he's talking yesterday. You know, hey, how can Biden say the economy is strong as hell if we're barreling towards a recession and the inflation indicators are through the roof? And we've already hit the technical definition of a recession with GDP shrinking two consecutive quarters. With a straight face, KJP's like, shut up. You know, that's a, come on, what kind of troll question is that? The job market's great. Everybody knows it's great. We're so happy. Look at us. We're punting lobsters off the balcony of the White House. It's great. Okay, but the reality is the rest of the media is not like jumping in like, yeah, I'm with Peter Ducey and his gorgeous hair. And he does, he's the best hair in cable news. I've seen it in person. My goodness. But the point being is there's not a, con- a genuine concern for people in your position. Like I have it because I'm one of you. I spent most of my life driving a cab. Okay, I understand gas prices more than anything. Diesel prices for our truckers out there is bad, but they don't really care. Okay, the pain is the point in that they're trying to get to a place where we're using more of that green energy. But the news flash is great. You want to save the world, and I could support that. I'm fine. Save the world. God, it's great. I don't want to do it. I'm exhausted. Listen to me. I haven't slept since like seventh grade. But they're in this place where they're, you know, genuinely thinking they're going to benefit from rising gas prices in the long term. Like, get them through the midterms because they know you're mad about it. But then what they're hoping to do is spend the remainder of the two years gouging you at the pump. So you turn around and go, enough's enough. Just give me the green energy. And then you're going to find out that, oh, by the way, we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the manufacturing capacity. Green vehicles, fine. If you own one, I'm not mad at you. But they're 1% of the cars on the road right now. Okay, to have a country that's 50 percent, 60 percent electric vehicle. Okay, we need as many charging stations as we have gas pumps and we need charging stations to reload your car as quickly as a gas pump does. Absent that, we lose our freedom. We lose our latitude to go about our day and see the world and just be free, you know, free range chickens. And now you are. You only got 100 miles. Sorry, buddy. It's all you got today. Long line at the pump. You got to wait. Nobody wants to do that. And here's a newsflash is that gets stupider. And dumber. Okay, now we're getting word that your home heating bill is going to go up 25%. Biden is such a disaster. Here's Charles Payne admitting as much. Clip seven. This is a dangerous game they're playing. To win an election, this is, a unfair, this is so unfair to the American public to set us up in this position where home heating oil is going to be prohibitively expensive if you can get it, where food prices are going to continue to go through the roof. Where, I mean, everything is, they're making a gigantic bet. Drawing down on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is one of the most irresponsible acts a president could ever do when it's not needed for an emergency. Imagine they're doing all of this to attempt to win the midterm elections. When it's over, when the midterm elections are over and winter sets in, America's going to pay a devastating price. He's spot on, man. And what are they doing in the meantime? They're just, we know this is coming, dude. You're going to get smoked. 
Okay, you're going to be hanging out like you're in the old Soviet Union, peeing on each other for heat. I mean, it's bad, dude. It's bad. Okay, but they know it's bad. They know where this is coming. They're just trying to keep you distracted long enough that you'll still vote for them because I don't like MAGA or January 6th or something. This is total crap. That's all it is. Okay. And, you know, they don't care. They, do, they legit don't care. So they deserve everything they have coming to them in the midterms. And the one thing that they keep getting wrong about this situation, you know, is if you want people to turn out and vote for you, They've got to be able to afford a ride down to the polling place. We're going to have people hitchhiking to the polls. That's generally not a good sign for the party that happens to be in power causing this epidemic of hitchhikers. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy. And there is no way I'm paying you. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. Though I know Biden's a liar, his head is in the sand. Doesn't have a plan. Blames everyone he can, but he's the problem. And Kamala confuses me, her brain is so empty. They push green energy. It is plain for all to see that they're both clueless. Hey, Mr. Gasoline Man, give a loan to me. I'm not wealthy, and there is no way I'm paying you. Gasoline man, throw a bone to me. Prices go up every morning, and I'm totally screwed. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We've got a banger coming up. Host of Mansion Global, Katrina Campins. She's going to be here in studio. But right now, her opening act up at Salisbury, Vermont. Dennis, listening on WVMT. Yo, Dennis. Hi, Jimmy. I have a, a, a short anecdote, but I want to be respectful to you about the caller. So this regards uh, inflation, and I don't think that the uh, release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is going to bring down the prices in the supermarkets. Mm. I was in the... Uh, supermarket yesterday and i i was looking for a brand x cereal my daughters prefer it it's got like high fibers and uh, all kinds of uh, you know whole wheat and things like that and and or it advertises that it's a little sweet for me but uh i decided i'd be kind of a household hero at the very least mm-hmm. but i had an alternative motive and i uh, i found some brand x cereal it's usually wiped out it's off the shelves because mm-hmm. it sells very popular and they tell me it's always out since three years ago when I used to be able to get it regularly. Mm-hmm. So there were three boxes there. I bought them at $7 a box. Mm-hmm. And I went out to the parking lot, and I pulled out a piece of cardboard from my van and a Sharpie pen, and I made a sign that said, last boxes of Brand X cereal, $21 each. <laughs> and uh, when, I, when I sold them all, 
I took my profits and went back into the supermarket and put some meat on layaway. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? They're, they're offering you five-year financing for a pack of hot dogs. Like, hey, can we do something about inflation, guys? This is a little silly. Uh, you get it, Dennis. I, in, the, in the words of Bill Clinton, I'll feel your pain. Uh, but we got a quick break. Uh, great call as always, brother. Keep playing good ball up in Salisbury, Vermont. Katrina Campins joining us when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Gluten-Free. Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow. We are back in action on the big bad one and only Fox Across America. If the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Okay. This next guest, not only a TV superstar, but I read somewhere that you got a 4.0 in college. Okay. I got a 4.0 in college, but that was my blood alcohol content. <laughs> You got an actual 4.0. She is the host of Mansion Global. Uh, It is new seasons out now. You can watch it. And we are thrilled to have Katrina Campins in the studio. Hey, girl. Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Yeah, tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh, man. (laughs) I can't sing. FBN. Um, Yeah, Fox Business Prime, because a lot of people are. Yep, yep, yep. I am your opening act. I'll be on Kennedy at 7. So this works out. There's a a lot of you and me today. There's a lot of you and me time. I love it. But we're fired up. It's Mansion Global. Let's talk about me. I really, I just want to dive in because we've had a good time off the air. And I feel bad for the listener. We're going to have to catch them up because we, we know each other 20 years now, even though we met 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so it's like I'm just making a lot of assumptions uh, on knowledge the listeners don't possess. But let me give them a little bit of your backstory, okay? okay. Your family are Cuban immigrants. Migra- you migrated yes. this country from Cuba? Yes, I was born here in the United States, okay. but they migrated during the Castro okay. regime. So you're kind of in on the joke, though. Like you're somebody who lives here and knows if you live here, you got it pretty good. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you're grateful for the do, American dream. Do you think on some level people who are born here kind of take it for granted now? Because I do. I feel like in America, I feel like we've become the rich kids who don't realize how nice their house is. Absolutely. And I think – and my parents constantly remind me of it. Do they? So they, cool. don't, they do not turn Fox off. In fact, if we do turn it off, even to turn on cartoons, my dad literally goes into the other room and he pouts. But they constantly <laughs> remind me that we are so close to socialism. Yes. You know, they're like, this is how it starts. You know, and they're very passionate yep. about it. And they ingrained in me that you have to work hard. Things are not given to you. You have yep. to earn it. Amazing. And it's interesting now being an adult, right, mm-hmm. um, teaching that to the younger generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, well, now we, we do. We live in such like an instant gratification time. But I think people are learning this weird trait in that they want their gratification to come from their government, which is what brings you that much closer to socialism. Yep. And it's the people who fled it that get it. You know, the people that are here, I'm like, dude, I don't think you realize. Like, I need to lose a couple pounds for TV, but I don't need to lose, like, breadline weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't need to starve, starve, you know? I'm down to starve for a week strategically, but if I got to starve for, for a lifestyle, I think it gets old is what I'm trying to you're say. You're talking about starving, and all I think about is food 24-7. Oh, so as you're saying that. No, but you know what's interesting is, like, little things. Like, my mom says, I tried to make a doctor's appointment, and they don't have an appointment until next November. And a lot of the doctors are no longer working because... Mm-hmm. They're not being compensated properly, and just just the healthcare system yes. in general. And then, and they worked for the American dream, and mm-hmm. now they're retired, and they're spending over two thousand dollars a month on medicine. Ouch. That is ridiculous. Oh my! My my producer doesn't even spend that much on meth. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a big. He threw you under the bus. It's right? a big <laughs> number, but it's not. Come on, Katrina Campins is in studio. We're talking about Mansion Global. Well, your Fox super fan parents. I love I love people who don't shut off Fox. Like, I just want to tell you this. When I'm on the road doing like meet and greets and stuff, like stand-up events, I had a guy come up to me last week. He's like, Thursday I watched you at 4.45 in the morning on Fox News First. 
Then I watched you at 11.45 with Harris Faulkner. And then Thursday night on Gutfeld at 11 p.m. I'm like, yo, bro, that's 24 hours. I'm like, if you – They are diehard. I love it. I appreciate it. Die but hard. they are. I mean, you talk about commitment. We have the most committed audience. And what's funny about it is when you get on the road and you travel, do Fox events, they're the cool people. There are the cool people. They're not like angry political people. Like I know angry political people. Yeah. I live in New York. They're just <laughs> yelling at me. Like how dare you wear that? I'm like, what do you? I don't even know what's going on. I'm confused. I was buying a pretzel. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like so worked up about something. You go out and you meet Fox fans. It's really weird because they're politically passionate people, but their big passion is like it's America and it's fun. Yes. We are the fun side. Yes. Which brings me to Mansion Global. That's fun. You run around mansions. Um, as someone who's exploring all of these mansions. Do you ever walk into one, as many of these that as you've seen, that does, like, affect you? Like, you're like, my gosh, like, this is something different. Did you have that experience? So I've been selling now for over 20 years, so mm-hmm. I've seen it all. Okay. But I have to say, being in some of these mansions, like, mm-hmm. there's a few that I have put on my vision board. Oh, stop yes. it. Yes, from beach homes to, I love horses because yeah, yeah. I think they just soothe the soul. So some of these amazing properties that have just so much land and mm-hmm. so forth. And I also, like, I'm really, I'm not a chef. I don't know how to cook to save my life. My mm-hmm. mom doesn't even know how to work the microwave. So I, there's, like, these little tips, like, all my sweet potatoes go bad, but there's these drawers that have, like, holes and, like, little things that I that I saw that these people were implementing. They can make you house. a good cook just because they're, it's there? Is that what you it's mean? It's like, no, my sweet potatoes always, this is such a random topic, but my sweet we'll potatoes always go bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, I want to eat healthy, so I buy all these sweet potatoes, and like, literally they all go bad. So there's this drawer in one of the houses that literally has, like, vents so your potatoes don't go bad. And, like, I'm doing a video, and I see the crew, like, taking a picture of me. I'm like, I look pathetic doing this. But I'm like, <laughs> record this because I want this in my next house. You know, so there's, like, it's a vision board. It's aspirational. There's so many things that you can really take from the properties. And let's face it, real estate is a guilty pleasure for a lot of people. It is. It's hot. People are into it. It's why they like all the HGTV and everything exactly. in between. But Mansion Global is, like, it's next level, though. It because is. now Because it's, like, it's aspirational. You know, and it's another thing that I really do love about it is I like highlighting success. Like we got to a place in this country where we started to demonize success, Mm -hmm. like eat the rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. rich got to pay more in taxes. And I don't think people migrate to this country to like because they hate the rich. I think they migrate because they want to be them. You know, was that like the whole land of opportunity thing was, you know, come here and make some moves. Mm-hmm. But I just find it so fascinating that with all of these mansions, the thing that jumps out at you is the sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And like the wine, they have amazing wine. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it, the wine, the alcohol, the next bars level and wine in these houses. But you know what? You bring up such a great point because it's mm-hmm. like, why should we have to mask success? People, you'll sure there's adversity and there's obstacles, which I love to be able to overcome and be able to achieve the American dream. But that's the beauty of this country, right? Yep. Is that you can achieve that. And homeowners is how most people build generational wealth. So yep. we should highlight that. It should be aspirational. It should be on everybody's vision. Board. I'm saying, okay, the Campins Fela 2024 ticket is taking shape. <laughs> we got half our stump speech down. She's born in this country, but her parents migrated. They get it. You got to be successful. The only problem to any of this is that I'm not passing a background check. So you're going to have to run without me, girlfriend. I will because I got a 4 As you can tell, I was a, I was a dork. But yeah. you know why I got a 4 mm-hmm. Because my parents made me pay for my own education, which made Yo. me earn it. Yes. And working at the University of Miami Library, making $7 an hour at the time was not cutting it. Listen, Zach nobody likes books. a show off, pal. No, okay. but I'm saying okay. I had I know, to like I, I had to get a hundred in my exams. My teachers even told me go get a life, but they became clients later on. You know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. It's funny, but if you go out there and you make it yourself, 
like you provide for yourself. It's actually like you do enjoy it a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Like everyone's kind of missing the point on all of that yep. is we've gotten like so obsessed with consumption, but it's really just turned life into a cycle of what zone I have. And like all life is now. Isn't it fascinating that it's like 60% of our life is spent buying something. The other 40 is spent taking surveys about the thing we bought. It's Isn't like, that crazy? Or showcasing so, it on social media and, yeah. not in, and not enjoying the moment. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's just like we don't enjoy it. And, and there's times when I have to sit back because I'm around luxury all the time yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else. And I'm like, then I, I take note like, because I'm in people's homes, so mm. they're so authentic with me. So I hear the problems, the obstacles, all of it. And people are themselves. Like, they feel safe with me. And so I am able to to really tap into what's important to the American people. And I feel like sometimes they don't just sit back and enjoy the moment and enjoy what they have, you know? Thank you. Katrina yeah. Campins is in studio. Mansion Global. Are you kicking me off already? Not at all. <laughs> it's, it's, we, we, Mike hasn't even been on. I just got. I guess I shouldn't have told you that, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but but the uh, the debut tonight at eight o'clock on FBN. You can watch me at seven on Kennedy. I am her opening act. It's in the contract. She doesn't go on. They, they don't. They don't open the front door to the mansion. They're like, did Jimmy Fallon go on yet on Kennedy and say something dumb about the news? No mansion for you. Uh, so I'll be on at seven. You will see Katrina at eight, and it's going to be a banger. Where are you tonight? What are the where where are these houses and stuff? So the first episode actually is in Coconut Grove, which is where I started my oh, career girl, in Miami. In Florida, so yeah. Coconut Grove, I went to you, you, so it's all down there. And then, and what's really unique about that property is a, it's a corner lot, so you have amazing views. And it's a Mediterranean, which, you know, modern has become very popular, but we wanted to really showcase a beautiful Mediterranean. And then we actually go to Beverly Hills, which Ooh. people might say, well, California, people are fleeing California. Yeah, but you know what? Us conservatives, yeah. we are open to showcasing all of it. Of and course. what we wanted to do is, like, I am all about you know what, showcasing the good, the bad, the ugly, and just letting people decide. And as far as Beverly Hills is concerned, it's a beautiful modern home, and oh, it has yeah. gorgeous views. Mm-hmm. You know, they just need to change their policies there, but that's a whole other topic <laughs> for a whole other show. And then on this, and then we go to Beach Homes yeah, because it's back-to-back episodes. Oh, so, that's Beach rad. Homes. People are fired up. No, Beverly Hills is gorgeous. Um, we go to the Palisades uh, for the 4th of July every year. Kennedy, who hosts 7 o'clock show, has, she has yeah. a house out in the Palisades, and we love it out there. They have such a good Palisades 4th of July parade. It's nice to be around people who like the country. That's the yes. point. That's what I really appreciate about you, beyond all the other chicanery we got into during the break. No? <laughs> the sweet potatoes. Yeah, but, the... <laughs> but people, but pe- people like the country because like, the thing yeah. is, is like, if you buy season tickets to the Yankees, you're rooting for them to win. Okay, we all own season tickets to America. We should probably root for the team to win, no? Absolutely. And I just think it's like such a stupid, simple thing, like to the point that it almost sounds cliche to say it, but it actually needs to be said because we're living in a different time now where people are a little too worked up. So maybe they go watch a couple of mansions, hear you crack some jokes in Coconut Grove. I'm sure you got great Coconut Grove material. It's going to be great. No, but it's cool, and, and they should see that. And the other, just one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, is there, in your experience, because we, I, I've been like everywhere in the country. Is there like a, is there a pocket of the country we're all sleeping on? Like we know the coastal stuff we know and it's great and it's, it's magical. But is there a pocket that you hit that was like, wow, I didn't know this was like this badass? Idaho. Really? And Oklahoma. Whoa. And parts of Tennessee. I literally, because it was a grueling schedule, you know, we mm-hmm. really worked really hard to, to give viewers an inside look. But we traveled so much. And I remember traveling through Idaho thinking, wow. Oh, this is a beautiful part of the United States and their quality of life. They have space. Yes, I love space. Space. Oh, well. Greenery, animals running wild. It was just like, whoo. Yeah. You know, so that was – and then Tennessee is great. Uh-huh. You know, I love the culture there. I just mm-hmm. – 
Um, and I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Oklahoma. Oklahoma's rad. I was just in Oklahoma. We were in Tulsa, which I thought was a gorgeous yeah. city. What, gorgeous. Were you do- what were you doing in Tulsa, gorgeous. Oklahoma? Radio and stand-up. We're on the radio right now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo, right now, Tulsa. KRMG. Hey, girl. One of my one of my dearest friends um, is from Tulsa. We went to college together. Whoa. Well, yeah. we had a wild Friday, last Friday in Tulsa. And then uh, Saturday. Wild. we were. I know. No, it was nuts. And then my, my meet and greets are crazy. Like yeah. People come out to see the show. They get hammered. They do. They're very passionate, fun, fun-loving people. Uh, but from there, it's, a lot of it's not discussable on a family program such as this. But you listeners, you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> I, <laughs> you, I want to go on that one. No, Next no, time you, you go to Oklahoma, dude, well, yeah, we, I'm there. We were in Tampa, dude. And we had like, I don't know what, 40. We had a 48-hour listener bender. Like a bend, like a My sister out. lives in Tampa. So if you're in yeah, Tampa, you guys better let me know. Oh, my because, gosh. Yeah. Season two <laughs> is called Prison Cell Global. The, <laughs> the, the place. He's going to get me in trouble on here. The road. Uh, <laughs> Katrina Campins, we're excited for the show tonight. I'll be watching. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. And this has been so much fun. It was it's epic. This was, I told you, the world was never going to Yeah, this was, you're right. You're right. You told me at the beginning and I was... You know, yeah, like people remember where they were when they landed on the moon. They remember where they were when you like, landed on the moon. This is a good ticket. This is a good ticket. That's the thing. It's going to win. Okay. 2024, they can do their thing. We'll, we'll see you in 2028, America. Back after Watch this. out, Kanye, right? Yep. <laughs> the critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep. Lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about it? The great Katrina Campins. Watch her tonight at 8 o'clock on Mansion Global, Fox Business Network. She's on right after me. I'm going to be on Kennedy. Uh, and both shows celebrating something called Freedom! Dude, I say it every day. I say it every day. If you live in this country, you hit the lottery. You hit the lottery. That is correct. Rather than, you know, letting the politics drag you down... Let's get out there and have fun. We're all in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're not going to wish you fought on Twitter a little more. You're going to wish you got mad at the president. Does the president suck? Yeah, he sucks. Don't let it ruin your life. Get out there. Okay, you're the president of you. Everybody forgets that. That's why I belabor the point about being a cab driver. Okay, I'm, you know, I might be semi-talented or something. I don't know. But the, you know, I was driving a cab, dude. Like I was at the absolute bottom of the barrel but was willing to show up and do the work because you can do that here. You can be the president of you. Yes, this country is a mess, but you, your individual country, your individual life, you can take control of. If you don't like your job, you don't like some situation you're in, just get out. Get out. You don't live long enough to be miserable. I'm just telling you because I care. If you're driving home from some job right now, you think it sucks, but money's tight. I'm telling you in the long run, just quit. Okay, you'll find a new gig. And you'll go find a way to be happy doing that gig. And the money will make itself up in the long run. Believe me, I have been really poor. I have been sort of not poor. Never been rich, okay? But whatever the hell I was, nine times out of ten, my happiness was not predicated on my finances. And there were a lot of times where I was driving a taxi, and I've told you this, where I didn't even have, you know, people say, I don't have money in the bank. I don't have a bank, dude. Not a Nike shoebox. Think about that. I was living out of a Nike shoebox. That's like my bank account. Okay, but we're having a damn good time, like a really good time in my house. My house is madhouse. And that's the point is you don't have to let this stuff drag you down. Like I talk about politics with you and I joke about it a lot. 
because I just, you know, the gravity of what we're discussing here. It's like the strategic energy reserves are screwed up. That's bad, dude. We're at our weakest point since 1984. It's not a good thing. So I kind of have to cartoon it a little bit because if I just sat around thinking about how horribly, you know, we're mismanaging the comp, you know, the country right now. I always feel like everybody is on the verge of snapping. When you get on the air every day, you look at the news cycle, you know. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. So I don't want to add to that. I was saying this last night at this foxing event. I feel like I can help the world more with humor than I can with hostility. Because everybody's a little too hostile. Everybody's got to calm down, okay? I'll give you a little more, okay? A little more news of the day. Because they were out at the podium again yesterday. Your girl, Karine Jean-Pierre, the diversity hire. Nice gal. Uh, you know, doesn't know what she's doing. She has effectively probably ushered in the end of the identity politics era. And what I mean by that is we're never going to elect people or appoint people, in her case, just because. Now, well, we've never had someone who is a lesbian of color as the White House press secretary. Great. How about you go out and you get one that knows what she's doing? I think he's got a point. You don't get one just to get one, okay? When it comes to breaking barriers and stuff like that, think about Jackie Robinson, okay? Major League Baseball should have been integrated sooner than it was, okay? But given the racial climate at the time, okay, when they integrated the sport and they broke the color barrier, they made it a point to have a truly great and gifted man doing it because they understood that that would build momentum, market, and demand for more people like him. When you just do something because we've never done it before and you take merit out of the equation, it doesn't build a market for more Kareem Jean-Pierre's who got appointed just because they're a black lesbian, it builds the market for less Kareem Jean-Pierre's who got appointed just because they're a black lesbian. You are correct, sir. Okay, she's dumb, okay, when it comes to this job. Okay, and here she is proving it by claiming Biden has a lot to show for his work on inflation. Clip eight. If President Biden's top domestic priority is inflation, why doesn't he have more to show for it? So the president understands, and we've talked about this many times, um, that uh, inflation um, is an issue, high, high cost. Cost is an issue for the American people. And so he's been very clear about making that his number one economic priority. And he has done the work. And he's done the work with congressional Democrats. When you think about the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is uh, going to lower the cost uh, for our seniors, millions and millions of seniors across the country, when you think about that $2,000 uh, cap on their own uh, Medicare prescription. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Really tough stuff to stomach. Get it together, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we do every day from the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready for a big midterm roundup in this hour. Comedian Madison Malloy is stopping by because the world's on fire. I want to laugh with one of my friends. But we'll start off with some you and me time, uh, 888-788-9910, if you want to be a part of this shindig. Uh, a shindig that as we pivot to the home stretch of the midterms, 
The Democratic message, we don't know what it is. Because you want to know why we don't know what it is? Are you ready? Are you set? It's because they don't know what it is. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. They have no idea. Okay, at one point it was MAGA, the semi-MAGA fascists, and they were yelling about MAGA, the midterms, MAGA fascism. It's January 6th. We got the January. You got to elect us on January 6th or something. They said the election was stolen. You can't do that. You know, except for in 2016 when we did that. Okay, and except for in 2004 when we did that. Okay, and except for the year 2000 when we did that. Democrats are so full of crap. And so is everybody in the media. It's like, oh, they tried to make January 6th a thing. We all thought it was bad. It's not good. Come on, man. Can't storm the Capitol. But you also can't expect objective people to take you serious when you try to say that it was like the worst thing that's ever happened to our I mean, come on. It was bad. It was embarrassing. But let's not forget three months earlier, they attacked the White House with such ferocity that 50 Secret Service agents got hit with bricks and rocks as they were lighting St. John's Church on fire across the street. Okay, they had to erect a separate barrier around the White House in addition to the one that's there. They had to put the president into a bunker. Okay, so when the Democrats were like, oh, we've never seen anything like this in Washington, we're like, sure we have. When the media was like, we've never seen violence like this. I mean, well, not violence, because you were telling us that it wasn't violent. You were telling us it was fiery, but mostly peaceful. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They're not buying that. They're not buying the January 6th committee. The Washington Post has an op-ed out today that says Democrats have failed to make the midterms a referendum on democracy. Meaning the Washington Post, according to them, thought the Democratic message was going to be a referendum on January 6th. We're going to run on January 6th. Okay, People don't care about inflation. They don't care about crime spikes. They don't care about the fact that they can't pay for gas. They care about those chunky white people running up the steps of the Capitol. Wrong. And again, I'm telling you, January 6th was really bad. Okay, but in the moment we happen to be living in right now, January 6th is like a luxury item. Meaning if you have the, you know, you're in a position in life where you can really make that your top voting issue. It's not a top 15 in any reputable poll in America right now. Okay, all of this ridiculousness, okay, is why the Democrats are in the position they're in. They've not only mismanaged the country, but they can't get their act together. They just, they don't know what the, what the message is. Here it is, the funny moment, man. Okay, at one point, Okay, Karine Jean-Pierre had told us that Biden's number one priority was inflation. But then yesterday he was out campaigning again and said his number one priority is abortion and abortion is going to decide the midterms. And this is a whole to is totally false. No, it's not. But here is Karine Jean-Pierre being asked to clarify with 20 days to go until the midterms. What is the top priority? Because they don't know. It's clip 15. What is President Biden's top domestic priority now? Is it inflation or is it abortion? The president's going to continue to talk about issues that matter to the American people. And abortion is one of them. Majority of the American people uh, disagree with the decision that uh, that the Supreme Court made, the Dobbs decision. That is a majority of the people uh, disagreed with that. When it comes to the economy, the president has made it very, very clear. When it comes to inflation, it is his number one economic priority. I mean, come on. Hey, you've got to be a moron. You've got to be a moron. It's not good, man. Okay. Nobody, I, I promise you, when you look at the polling, inflation cannot, it just can't, uh, you know, be overcome. Everybody votes 
their pocketbook. Okay, remember the old James Carville line, it's the economy, stupid? It's the economy, okay? People aren't going to overlook crippling prices. I mean, crushing prices. Because, you know, you want to lie about us banning abortion. No one banned abortion. The overturning of Roe versus Wade just gave every individual state the right to vote for how much abortion they're okay with. Now, here's a newsflash. 85% of Americans support limits to abortion of 15 weeks or less. Okay, limits that overlap with what they have in Europe. There's not one G7 country. There's not one G20 country. There's not one. There's nobody in NATO. Nobody in the European Union allows abortion beyond 15 weeks. The Democrats want you to believe you should be able to abort a baby up until the minute it's born. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It's disgusting human beings. That is disgusting, just to be clear. It is infanticide. Okay, but here they are pushing that issue. And again, they're trying to frame it as an issue of economic empowerment. Here's Stacey Abrams, okay, bemoaning the cost of having a child. Clip 16. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. Stacey Abrams is full of It's just an idiot. Okay, so, you know, if you don't have kids, you don't worry about gas? That is a fact check false. <laughs> if you don't have kids, you don't worry about rent? You're not telling me the truth. Okay, but again, this whole argument that kids can be economically inconvenient. If you look at life as the Democrats do, if you look at it through that, you know, just a lot of them, just this godless, materialistic, you know, self-absorption. Yes, kids can be inconvenient. You got to work a little harder to provide for them, to raise them, to look after them. Okay, but it's the greatest gift the Lord could ever give you is the opportunity to raise a halfway decent kid or even, you know, raise a kid like mine. Shut your mouth. But the point is, okay, they look at these kids, you know, they're trying to posit this. Well, you know, you have a kid, you have to pick up a few extra hours this weekend or, you know, you could just kill it. I mean, you know, I do want to watch the ball game. What time is it on one? Yeah, no, screw it. Kill it. Forget it. I mean, this is how they look at life. Okay, we read this. There was an op-ed over the weekend. I lost my mind, man. I was lucky I wasn't on TV on Monday. It's a CNN op-ed about how pro-life people are leading uh, to more burdens on the diaper shortage. Well, you know, these people, we have a diaper shortage right now. So these, these people who want to have babies, they just, you know, they make it a bigger shortage. Hey, how about, oh, I don't know. I know I'm a little old-fashioned. How about, uh, you know, instead of killing the babies, uh, I don't know. Maybe we go out and we, uh, oh, I mean, this is going to be crazy. Maybe we just make more diapers. <laughs> like, what? But they don't look at people because they don't care about people. They care about themselves. They're so mindlessly self-absorbed that they don't hear themselves. You say, oh, we got a diaper shortage. There's all these pro-life people having their babies. Wait, so we're not supposed to reproduce because of the diaper shortage? Like, it's bananas. But anyway, here's Stacey Abrams a little more saying it's an economic issue. But I want you to understand, when it comes to the sale they're trying to close on abortion, it's all based on garbage. Garbage. 
I'm not even talking about the act of abortion, which is disgusting, what they're proposing, late-term abortion, horrific. But it's just a garbage lie that we've taken away, okay, a woman's right to determine when she has a baby, okay? You can go on the pill. You can use a condom. You can abstain. You could also take a morning-after pill if you had unprotected sex. You have so many options that don't involve the physical killing of a baby. But they're fighting for this because they don't care about the babies. They care about the power they can get from killing them. And it's disgusting. But here she is. Uh, Economics, guys, kill your kids. Clip 17. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what I talk about on the trail, and that's what's resonating. But let's not pretend that women, half the population, especially those of childbearing age, they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue. It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have. That is offensive, and it is not true. Come on, man. That's disgusting. Really. You know, kids are expensive, so you got to be allowed to kill them. Hey, how about just don't get pregnant? You know, how about if it's so expensive, put the kid up for adoption? Why does the kid have to die? Like, I don't understand it, you know? And the way they keep trying to frame this is an issue of women's empowerment. Ladies, I want you to know this, man. If you've had an abortion, I don't judge you. Come on, dude. I'm a mess. We don't go to make decisions we regret, some decisions we stand by. Of course. Who cares? You did it. Okay, you move on. You live with it. You forgive yourself. You figure it out. But I promise you there's nothing empowering. Like they're selling a false empowerment when they say, like, oh, abortion, yeah. They went from safe, legal, and rare. That was the slogan. That was the justification. There was a time when we were a more decent society where we were really aggressively debating this issue. The Democrats knew that, yes, they wanted this for women, but they also knew they were really going to rub people the wrong way if they didn't try to minimize, okay, their passion for abortion, meaning they were always defensive, safe, legal, and rare. And again, if you're going to kill a baby, I think it should be a little defensive. I think it should be safe, legal, and very, very rare. But somehow they've turned this into, oh, this is going to mess with my 401k. I'm killing it. That's economics. I feel better already. Don't you feel better? We kill babies. Hear us roar. That's who they are now. It's disgusting. We went from safe, legal, and rare to me and my squad are getting abortions on Tuesday. Come on, girls. Let's put it on the gram. It's embarrassing. And I understand your positions where you have to get one. That's fine. But this should not be the branding exercise that they're making it into. It's disgusting. Okay, to his credit, Wolf Blitzer asked Kareem Jean-Pierre about this yesterday. Today, is Biden blowing this by focusing on abortion too much? Clip 18. For President Biden to make good on his pledge to codify Roe, Democrats would have to keep the House majority, pick up Senate seats, and eventually change the filibuster rule as well. That's a very tall order. Is the president setting himself up potentially for failure? Look, what you heard from the president is his continuous fight uh, to fight for millions of women across the country. When we saw what the Supreme Court did in this unconscionable decision to overturn Roe, it put millions of women's lives at risk. What? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What? It put millions of women's lives at risk? (laughs) 
yo, no one is forcing anyone to get pregnant, number one. Number two, okay, again, condoms, the pill, abstinence, morning after pill. You have a lot of options here, none of which involve endangering the life of a woman. That is a lie that she's telling you. Are you ready, though? And I hate to say it, but you know whose life abortion really does endanger? The children. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. That's the reality here. Okay, it's endangering lives. You know, there are black, more black babies aborted than born right now. That's, you think that's empowering to the black race? Okay, but this is what the Democrats want. I mean, I will never forget it, man. Tim Scott's one of the greatest American stories you've ever heard. Tim Scott, first black American elected to both houses of Congress, was talking to your commerce secretary who flat out said, well, you know, abortion's good for the labor force participation rate. That's why we like abortion. You know, more women in the workplace. And Tim Scott said as, a, as, a, as the son of a poverty-stricken single mom, I am glad my mom chose life, meaning she, and this is the part they're all leaving out, is that aborting its baby, it's empowering. You get to focus on your career. Can I tell you something? When you're making decisions for you and only you, you do not make half, half, okay, as much sense as you do when other people's lives and well-being are hanging in the balance. Jimmy Fallow, no wife, no kid, I would have been dead 20 years ago, straight up. Just, I mean, you've never seen anything like it. It was like a population control device, just gambling, doing comedy, hanging out, you know, all kinds of, you know, strip clubs and fast women. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, one day I got out of bed and my decisions affected other people. I had to go home and look them in the face. And it's actually more empowering to have those lives depending on you because it forces you, if you're a halfway decent person, to get your life together. You get your life together you have an obligation to them. Okay, when you're the center of the universe, when every single decision revolves around you, you do a lot of indulgent, stupid That's what you do. But when that indulgent, stupid is going to screw up everybody else's life, you start to apply yourself. Having a kid is the greatest thing that ever happened in my career. I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't actually have to get my life together and apply myself. And that's the gift. That is the gift of having a child, of having a dependent, of having a financial burden, of having that responsibility. Okay? That responsibility, it's a sink or swim moment. Okay? And you'll learn a lot more about swimming by having other people to swim for than you will by just floating around in the pool and peeing yourself with a Mai Tai in your hand. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, your president's a little bit of a pioneer. Breaker of barriers. He was patient zero for windshield wiper oil cancer, as he told the crowd up in Massachusetts. Then he claimed to be raised Puerto Rican uh, at a time when the population of Delaware was less than 1% Puerto Rican. Claims he got his start at a historically black college and university, was a longtime truck driver, and holds the record for the most miles on Amtrak, according to a guy by the name of Angelo, who died 10 years before the story Biden was actually telling about him running into the guy on Amtrak. Biden's lost his marbles. And maybe he lost his marbles, but he has found another new accomplishment. Okay, here's Joe Biden. 
explaining how he gave people the right to get married in their bedroom. I don't even know how you do this in English, but take it away, clip 27. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, the mar- I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll get to that in a second. You don't have a clue. You guys have no idea. <laughs> the Dobbs decision. What does the Dobbs decision have to do with it? The right to marry people in their bedroom. And again, he's out there bragging about his support of gay marriage, uh, you know, because it did at one point understand when Barack Obama ran for president in 2008, he was against gay marriage. Don't be thick, all right? But don't get mad, Barack. It's not just you. Here's your vice president talking about gay marriage back then. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? (laughs) Marriage between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here, he says. So I guess we have some issues. Nope. They forgave him. He moved on. He abandoned his position. These people, they don't have any principles. They don't stand for anything other than what do I think will get me elected? It's a lot to deal with. But congratulations. We now have the right to get married in our bedrooms, according to Biden. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. Uh, It's hard to disagree. Uh, Madison Malloy, not insane. She is the cat's pajamas. She joins us next in studio on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to tell you the official description of this next guest before I give you my description. She does have a fantastic new book out. It's a fantastic new book with an interesting title. Uh, It is called Time to Lighten the Up. It is a self-help guide with a side of humor. It comes from a woman described here... uh, very interesting. I love this. It means a lot to me. Madison Malloy went from Wall Street to comedy, pulls no punches as she shares her insights into happiness and success in time to lighten the parental guidance strongly suggested. Now, the last line is what I agree with. I know Madison Malloy, who joins me now. Hey, girl. How as are you? a just a New Yorker with no filter. I just know you as a no filter human being. And I'm so happy to have you on the radio watching my staff hover over the dump button. <laughs> knowing this could be the last episode of Fox Across America ever. You are like really my foul mouth friend. I haven't seen you in a long time. And I just I feel better having you here already. I'm so, I'm so excited. And thank you so much for having me have, on. Have you used any bad language in the studio yet with like the, the crew or anything? Because I. No, I did. I saw your producer who's uh-huh. lovely. And He's I 12. Said, you got to be, gotta yeah, be careful. Totally. There. And I said to him, um, is it is it can I say it or is it F? And he goes. Yeah, let's prefer F. And I said, I did 15 radio shows this morning, so I am prepared not to cuss. Oh, you're a whole new woman. Madison where's Malloy. my bleep button? She has been, she has been rehabilitated. I it, have a cough button, but I don't have a bleep it's button. It's for the best. We don't trust you with the buttons. We're not, <laughs> the, our friendship hasn't made it to button level yet. Like, we'll get there. We'll have the, like, the what are we talk after the interview. But yeah, button's another. It's like next level. It's beyond wearing the Letterman jacket. But I want to talk about this book because I'm excited about this book. I, you know, I'm always yeah. excited about everything you do. Big fan. And you know that. Like, we know each, we go back to comedy. Madison and I know each other probably i think like 10 years yeah is that legit yeah probably right longer 10 years probably met at gotham something like that yep fantastic 
You're I always... knew you when you were driving a yellow cab. What? They don't know that I drove a yellow cab on that. I'm kidding. Yeah. No. Nobody at Fox News knows that. <laughs> I'm kidding. They all know that. It's like every, you know, I, I talk about Humble it all the time. Beginnings. I know. Well, that's the point. I'm trying to explain to people. It's the whole point of life. And before we get into your book, because I know you have a lot of expertise on this, but like most of life, dude, is really is life is a DIY project. Yeah. Get out of bed and just go do it. Go figure it out. Go work. You didn't accomplish it today, but you can show up more again tomorrow. And one of these days, yeah. you'll keep tunneling with that rock hammer. Now you made it out of Shawshank. Which, by the way, can I just tell you, the Shawshank Redemption, when the movie ends with them meeting on a beach, they've escaped prison, they're friends, they're on a beach. In the modern remake, okay, they would take a selfie, get geotagged, and be caught within 20 minutes of escaping Shawshank. They'd be back in prison. That would yeah. be the modern version of Shawshank. Totally. Total, to, kind of a sidebar, but let's get into it. Madison Malloy's here. <laughs> <laughs> I rewrote, I'm so inspired by this book, it's inspired me to rewrite a cinema classic. <laughs> I've oh, just changed. Okay. <laughs> this is how effective the book is. I have rewritten the Shawshank Redemption. You're already inspiring me. So, okay, we get by the title of the book. This is your vibe. This is your self-help vibe. Is there a lot of tough love in here? What is the, what is the, what is, okay, when we talk about time to lighten the F up, okay, mm-hmm. I know what's going on here. Is this, is this Madison Malloy life coach dominatrix? Like you slob, get your act together? Or is it, um, the Madison Malloy I know, I'm not your comedian side, which is like a little aggressive, or is this like the Madison you can do it? What what Madison am I dealing with here? And I don't mean to describe you like you have split personalities. Right. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, it's it's motivational Madison, but also raw and unfiltered. Yeah. Like I do not hold back. Some of my stand-up uh, landed in the book. Oh. And I feel like stand-up or uh, uh, self-help books would talk at you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted this one to be more like a friend was talking to you. It's like a ride-along. Yeah. There's there's some inappropriate uh, uh, bits in here. But it's, it's what we're all thinking. We just... Won't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote it in a book. Oh, this book is like, <laughs> Matt, back in the day when you used to go to like the video store, they'd have like a red curtain in the back. And they had like certain kinds of films back there. This is a certain type of self-help book. You got to go behind the curtain because there's going to be some, some, some stuff's going to be said. Is that yeah, what you're Yeah, there's, uh, there's 24 F-bombs in the book, <laughs> but they are. That's not bad for you. Holy, that's nothing. <laughs> I, well, there was 72 and then I, just, <laughs> I decided to tone it down a notch. Uh, but they're used to, to you know. Strike an emotion, mm-hmm. make a strong point, mm-hmm. so they're not just used to to use them. Um, but yeah, this book is 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 you know when I was doing comedy, a lot of people didn't know because I always had on a happy face and mm-hmm. a positive attitude. Yeah, yeah. But I really struggled with mm-hmm. um, uh, depression and anxiety, which mm-hmm. I never had before until mm-hmm. I became an artist. And then I just thought, oh well, it's because I'm a comedian. Now I'm a real comedian because I feel sad. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when I was finally able to get out of my own way and mm-hmm. and start really like. Instead of escaping my life, stepping into my life and enjoying it and seeing all these opportunities unfold all around me, I said, I have to put this out into the world. I have to help other people do the same because we are the only ones holding us back. That's true. Yeah. You're giving back. Madison Malloy's in studio, the book, Time to Lighten the F*** Up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the actual title of the book. It's fantastic. (laughs) Self-helpery. From one of the most self-helpful persons I know. Like, you're always good vibe. I always say this to people, okay? In life, if you really approach it like you're a dog with a job, okay, people appreciate you. What I mean by that is, you know, when you go to the airport, you see the dog that's sniffing bags. His, mm-hmm. tag's always, his tail's always wagging because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. Yeah. And that's very much like what I am with every job. Every TV set, every, you know, radio studio I walk into, I'm, I'm always like, wow, I can't believe they're counting on me to save the plane. Like, my tail's wagging. I'm in a good mood. Point being, people yeah. are attracted to positive energy. 
100%. and even as humans. And I think that's the, the one of the most valuable things of everything I read in your book is the emphasis on positive energy and how it attracts positive outcomes. Like mm-hmm. that's a thing, folks. Stop being such a stop being such a miserable. <laughs> that's it's the follow up book. The follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's something I wanted to highlight here because I've been on this today because the economy is a mess. We talked a lot of politics today, but one of the advice. Uh, portions of the book is about stop and stop tell you telling people to stop chasing money mm-hmm. okay can you kind of explain what you mean by that because i kind of say this to this to people all the time and i say like we're all in the happiness business if you die tomorrow you're gonna wish you had more fun you know you're not gonna yeah. wish you struggled or fought or try, you know whatever the, so is that like what is the philosophy for you when you say stop chasing money well, when I first started my career on Wall Street, I went there for okay, the money. money. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. chasing the money, but I was miserable mm-hmm. because I wasn't actually fueling the passion. So I say, don't chase the money, make the money. Oh, Figure out how to make the money. And one of my – there's only one political joke in here, but I had to say it. I said – I think everyone needs to save a minimum of 20% of their income. Now, some people may look at me and go, are you kidding me? The inflation, yeah. we're not getting raises, everything's – how we're mm-hmm. barely making ends meet. Mm-hmm. So 20% seems like a slap in the face. Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be 20% of what you take home from your job. Mm-hmm. Find a way – figure out what that 20% is and then go get a side hustle. There's so many different ways that you can make passive income or you can – do things on the weekend. You can set up an Etsy store. You can set up an Amazon store. There's all these beautiful ways that you can actually – you my, can sell pictures of my, your feet. My, yeah, my producer just yelled OnlyFans. Yeah, <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah, that's another way too. I haven't done my, it yet because I like my father. Um, <laughs> but shame on me. <laughs> oh, Madison having a good relationship but, with old dad. Yeah, but the one thing I, I did say was you know, if you, if you decide to step away from your job and you become an entrepreneur, if you're struggling financially, do not – ever sell the 401k mm-hmm. that you were earning in a day job. Um, so my one joke or my mm-hmm. funny dig was I said, before you sell the 401k, you can you know become a bartender or a stripper or a senator <laughs> before you. <laughs> oh, bartender, stripper, congressperson. You got options. You, know you do. Funny? Can I tell you something, Mad? Um, being around Congress people, like growing up, I was like, wow, these people that are in government really got it together. Yeah. I know, but then you meet them, and you're like, oh, I could have had your job? That's so crazy. Like, I don't want it. You know what I mean? But like, no. I, but I meet a congressman, and I'm like, oh, I could have been a congressman. I had no idea. Anyone could be in Congress, literally anyone. Anyone can. I mean, we've proven it here in New York. I mean, you know. Yeah, a bartender <laughs> to, a, to a congresswoman. AOC. That's so funny. But they use – this is what I get frustrated about, okay? They use people who should be symbols of empowerment. Hey, you went from a bartender to a congressperson, but they use her to sell us oppression. You know what I mean? They yeah. use her to get on Instagram, cook a pot of macaroni and cheese, and say, like, everybody's out to get her because she's a woman. I'm like, right. dude, we, you got elected. You're in Congress. And I think that's the part people are missing. It's a lot of misrepresentation. That's where I think the book – folks, the book is called Time to Lighten the <laughs> Up. There you go. Madison Malloy, my homie, is in the studio. Fantastic comic. Hell of an author. Um, when you talk about kick your confidence up a notch, I want to hear your version of what this means because I know you as a confident person. Um, I think, you know, I don't see gender or looks, but I think people would describe you um, as, you know, uh, fortunate, okay, aesthetically fortunate. Is that the most tactful Me Too description you've ever gotten from a man? (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Aesthetically privileged. (laughs) Listen again, my producer is throwing singles at you. I'm trying to be tactful here. Yes. But let's stick with me, good buddy. Um, When you tell people to kick confidence up a notch, they might not necessarily be coming into this game with Madison Malloy's swag. So how do you get them into that space? 
So uh, it's funny that you said I was confident. It was all a front. Mm-hmm. I was actually very, very unconfident, and okay. it prevented me from taking the risk on stage that okay. I needed to to become bigger. And uh, so there's so many things that chip away at your confidence, which is you know who you surround yourself by. So mm-hmm. really take a friend audit and kick the people out that aren't lifting you up. You don't have to like be mean to them. Just slowly just fade them out. Mm-hmm. And also don't think take things personally. Mm-hmm. Don't be offended by stuff because it's just hurting you and it's going to chip away at your confidence. And just know there's a one in 400 million chance that you are actually on this earth and you have unique DNA. That should make you unstoppable. Whoa. Meaning that there's nobody like you. Nobody. Nobody. And if you're struggling with confidence with your skin, well, go fix it. How about it? There's so Can, you it? You. <laughs> Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? They're fired up, Madison Malloy. They're fired, and they should be fired up. Yeah. Because no, honestly, everybody. I was saying this earlier. You know, we always talk about who the president is, but mm-hmm. I'm like, we're all the president of our own one man nation, our own one woman nation, our own one they or one them, whatever the heck you want to call it. And I, what I got out of the book that I think people you know, need to do a better job of is just taking control of their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, people really spend a lot of time on the people mover. Like life has me standing on this people mover. I go to this job. I talk to these people. I don't enjoy any of it. <laughs> it's not particularly fulfilling, but I got to be back on the people mover. So let me run. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get off the people mover. I mean, that's like the, my big, most resounding takeaway from the book is that you got to control your own life. And too many of us don't. You do. do you, you know, obviously be kind to people, but mm. if they don't – 50% of the people are not going to like you. <laughs> and you know when – and I, I remember always hearing that and I'd go, oh, yeah, but that, that's a lot of people. And then I thought, <laughs> well, 50% of the people don't like Jesus yeah. and Jesus is a man. So, okay. <laughs> They're not going to like him. Then I'm okay with them not liking me. There you go. As long as you don't do anything to make them not like you. Yeah, yeah. Because a, I mean? yeah, a lot of times you unlike just for being. Yeah, you just got to do – and you know what? The more success you get, the lonelier it is. So more people are going to knock you down. So you got to just build that up if you really want to be – and you got to be confident because confidence is so cor- so closely correlated with success. If you want to be successful in this world, you have to believe in yourself. Got to believe. I'm telling you, this is good. Th- I'm Madison Malloy. I'm just telling you, if people that read this book, okay, and it matters, they're getting Madison Malloy swag. And that's that's not nothing. It's not nothing. You know no. what I'm saying? You walk around with Madison Malloy swag, you could do anything. I, we should almost play that clip again from the Warriors. We won't. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's deserve it. Like you really will put the book down and be like, oh yeah, I can take over the world. Because you want to know why you can. You can take over the world. You think of the dopes that run things. You're the only one holding you back. Hey girl. The only one holding you back. So I'm so excited. This book is. I hope it's going to change people's lives. I had one woman read it mm-hmm. um, early. Just one? I feel like you'll get more. No, no, I'm no. Kidding, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the book, I got, no, I got um, already bestseller status on Amazon. Um, no, she, she read it early and she said, I am doing a post. I think every uh, person needs this book, especially with a high school or a college or post-college kid. It's like a guiding light. They need to read this book. This is a mandatory Christmas or Hanukkah gift. Whoa. Because, and I, I was so flattered by that, mm-hmm. but she was just like the way you explained it. Mm-hmm. And and the, the thing is, I have a potty mouth and, I, and I'm a little filthy. It's unfiltered self-help. I'm turning self-help on its head. Um, that they'll laugh and they'll get it. I mean, I, I 
can we be somewhat dirty on the show without cussing? See where you go. Yeah, don't curse. Just tell me what else you're going to tell me. Well, I was just saying how I, you know, certain things I'll use crude references. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is because I feel like you'll remember it. Ah. Like one of the things is how we overcomplicate life. I think Mm -hmm. we make ourselves miserable by overcomplicating everything. And I feel like if you look at life kind of like shaving your, um, because if you overcomplicated that, you might hurt yourself. Uh-huh. But if you just, you know, gave it a quick zip zap, nice clean, Boom. good to go. A little bleach. Yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who you have to bend over for. Yeah, we've learned uh, a lot here today. Uh, you know, listen, getting a book deal isn't easy, folks. You've got to no. do a lot of work here. you got to shave your butt. Uh, <laughs> that's chapter nine. Uh, it's a lot of helpful tips. I think you're going to love it. Uh, as advertised, the potty mouth. Madison Malloy. I love to see you, pal. And uh, I'm really excited. Thank the book you so much. Called Time. I got to get my the beep ready in time <laughs> to lighten the f- uh, epic. Go out and buy seven copies if you know what's good for you. We're back after this. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi. Taxi. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're in the bottom of the ninth on this show. Uh, it's not over for you and me. I'll be on Kennedy tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Fox Business Network. If you miss me today on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner, we are posting it as we speak on the Fox Across America Facebook page. You can see all my TV hits there. This week, America's Newsroom and you know, it's on Fox Business with Dagan McDowell. There's a lot going on. I'll be on with Dagan again on Friday. Uh, but man, oh boy, oh man, as we're down to the 20-day mark running up to these midterms, the Democratic case, I was telling you earlier, and I just wanted to highlight this one more time. The Democratic case was, first it was going to be, well, it's November, and everybody's going to turn out to vote because of abortion. <laughs> Doesn't even show up top five in the polls. Then they were like, MAGA, white supremacy, uh, semi-fascism, that's the left. <laughs> Didn't even happen. Then they were like, we passed the biggest climate change bill ever in the history of the country. You gotta do better than that. Raphael Warnock has found the new strategy. Went from abortion to January 6th, the climate change, the MAGA to Putin. Raphael Warnock wants you to give Democrats another chance because life is hard. This is clip 30. Democrats have been in control of the White House, of Congress for the past few years. Inflation has soared. Why should Georgia voters give you another chance? We are still in the throes of a pandemic that dragged on for more than two years. (laughs) That was embarrassing. (laughs) Why should voters give Democrats another chance? Well, we're still in the throes of a pandemic uh, for the... Not even close! No, we're not. Shut your face, dude. The world is wide open. And you want to know something? The world would have been wide open a lot sooner, okay, if the Democrats hadn't kept it closed. That's true. That is true. Okay, so this whole idea that, oh, well, you should give us another chance. Inflation's high. Crime's through the roof. Everybody's dying of fentanyl. But the pandemic made life hard. So can we have another shot at, can we have another shot at the, you know, leading everything? The answer would be no. They're going to get their asses handed to them. Not the bleached ones Madison Malloy was talking about. Actual asses handed to them in the midterms, and rightfully so. If you're following the momentum of this race, Carrie Lake now winning 
in Arizona by three. Blake Masters within a point right now, which means the Republicans throw a little money behind him, going to win. Herschel Walker now in the lead down in Georgia. Okay, Democrats are in big trouble for the same reason the country's in big trouble. The people running it are full of and the voters are just kind of done with it. So I'm looking forward uh, to the midterms. I'm certainly looking forward to tomorrow's show. Chadwick Moore will be in the house. going to be a banger, but this one's over. I'll see you on Fox Business. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.